Hi, this is Nick Dawson, the editor-in-chief of Talk House Film, and you're listening to the Talk House Film podcast. We've had friends, collaborators, mentors, and mentees, and even a husband and wife in conversation on previous episodes. But this is the first time we've had two brothers on the Talk House Film podcast. The Schwartzmans and the Coppolas have music and movies in their blood, so it makes sense that Robert Schwartzman's first film, Dreamland, which is now in theaters and on VOD, is about a musician. Schwartzman's primary identity is as the frontman of the indie rock band Rooney. His fourth album, Washed Away, just came out. But given that the members of his extended family include, deep breath, Francis Ford Coppola, Eleanor Coppola, Sofia Coppola, Roman Coppola, Gia Coppola, and Nicolas Cage, filmmaking was always a part of his life too. In this episode, Jason Schwartzman sits down with his brother Robert to talk about his directorial debut and also brings up the movies they made as kids. Dreamland 2 has a family feel to it. Jason has a cameo in the film, providing comic relief, and the actress Talia Shire, Robert and Jason's mother, is great as a mother of the movie's protagonist, Monty, played by Johnny Simmons. Jason, of course, is not only an actor and screenwriter, but also a musician, currently putting out albums as Coconut Records. And as a result, the conversation nicely bridges the two creative worlds that the brothers occupy. So there's a discussion of how to direct actors with contrasting styles, followed by a seriously geeky discussion of MIDI files and player pianos, in which Jason's enthusiasm for the subject is charmingly infectious. Other highlights of the conversation include a story about how Gene Wilder found his way into playing Willy Wonka, crazy real-life experiences with agents and A&R guys, Robert's aptitude with money, at least in comparison to Jason, and more. And the way the two bicker and banter, as only brothers can, priceless. I'm Jason Schwartzman, and I'm sitting across from... My name's Robert Schwartzman, and i um, sitting across from... My name's Jason Schwartzman. We're brothers. From Los Angeles. And... We... Um, yeah. We're, uh, we're honored to be uh, on, the, uh, on the show. And to talk about um, making movies and making anything. Yeah. And specifically, going to talk about Robert's movie, Dreamland, which is out now in theaters and... And online. And online. VOD. Yes. But it's out in theaters, which is cool right now. Yeah. And and he wrote it, co-wrote it, uh, directed it. Produced it and did the music. I figure it's better if I say it that <laughs> way. It doesn't sound like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, it's exciting to be here together because we're talking about the latest thing that we got to work on. Yeah. So Robert um, is a singer in a band, Rooney, and uh, who also just put out a new album, uh, Washed Away. Away. But um, he's also playing in movie theaters. But um, he. Uh, and he's also put out other records under various names. But um, I remember we were driving a car, and yeah. you said, I'm going to make a movie. And I said, really? Because I knew you had written a script, but you said, I'm going to make a movie. Is that when you first, that's when you first knew about it? Well, no, you you showed me a script that you'd written. Right. And, you know, you were trying to, you were talking about making it. Yeah. Um, but, but, um. Those are my glasses. Um, they're prescription glasses. But uh, he said, uh, 
but anyway, it had been a while. You know, you had talked about it off and on uh, as something that you you were you were trying to make happen. But then, you know, you didn't talk about it for a while. And then I remember one day we were in your car, and I think we were talking about maybe making plans in the near future. And you said, "Well, I can't. I start the movie soon." Mm. And I said, "What?" And he had made made it happen, and had gotten financing, and it had a start date. Like it was two weeks from when we were in the yeah. car together. I didn't even know about it. Um, and uh, I just want to know. So how? When did the idea of uh, making a movie become something that was exciting to you? Or, or I know it's exciting. Yeah. Any every probably most a lot of people would like to make a movie, but yeah. when did it become um, something that you were going to set your goals towards making happen? Um. Well, I feel like I've I've been wanting to make a movie for a long time. I just feel like I didn't really have time to focus on on what all the pieces, how to sort of think up how to do it because I feel like I was so much in wrapped up in Rooney stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes back to like way, you know, way when we were kids wanting to make movies. We made movies as kids. Did you write Dreamland when you were a little yeah, kid? Yeah, yeah. But we wanted to make, I mean, we all, we dreamed of making movies as kids. And then we we went into music, right? Mm-hmm. That's our history. Mm-hmm. And then, because Jason had a band and that's, and what you were super devoted to music, right? You still are. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you keep saying, right. Um, sure. Well, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right? true. Right. But I think that like, like you know the I, answer. I feel like it this is a this is like a this is a long time, you know, laying some kind of foundation for how to do something like this. It just takes time to figure out how you're gonna do something. To me, the fun of it is how to figure out how to do it. But wait, let me stop you. Yeah. But but you So I took a break from Rooney, right? Yeah. Well let me just ask. Yeah, so yeah. you you were you were making music, you're writing music. Yeah. At what point do you say to yourself, I would like, I have an idea for something that I think could be a movie. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, I worked on a script years ago um, that I got to write with a friend, but we just didn't, it didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything with it. But we, we really, we got into it and dreamed it up in a way where you start to really think about how to do something. But that just sort of gets the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And then. And what was that script? That was the, it was, well, it was called Special Ed at the time. And I don't, I mean, the title could be anything at this point, but it was something that if, uh, Will and I wrote. Mm-hmm. And um, it was more of a broad comedy. And, but we, we, you know, we had like a table, we had a reading and we like, we really wanted to do something with it. But at that time, I didn't think I was really prepared to throw myself into it. And it wasn't the right, it wasn't the kind of project that I felt like I could kind of get going as far as trying to piece something together in a more independently financed way. Because mm-hmm. cause as you know, like a certain concept might have needs so much more that it might be harder to get it going mm-hmm. on your own. And I think with Dreamland, the idea with going in was like, maybe this is a story that we could pull off on a smaller scale, smaller budget, faster shoot, locations we could get access to. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of like what helped kickstart the the concept for so it. So in a way you were thinking you were 
you had an idea for how you wanted to make it before you had the specific idea, and you thought of an idea that could fit into um, the way you made it? This or, or is it sort of, sort of simultaneous? No, I think it's definitely, I feel like that's definitely part of it. I think though, it wasn't working backwards too much though, where right. it was like, let's make a movie for X amount of money. I wonder what that movie can be. Right. What if it's a guy who like- it just seemed to fit in the- Yeah, right. because I, I, what's interesting is like, because I it's my first time making a feature, mm-hmm. um, I was trying to, I, I, I sort of figured it out as I went, mm-hmm. right? And you gain a little piece of information from a new source and then you keep applying it to the process. Mm-hmm. Because you'll meet one financier and that meeting might not go so well or it might go great, but like you walk away from it and you're like, okay, hmm, like I wonder if this is the correct path for this project. Mm -hmm. You just take away little pieces of like information and you keep, you keep applying it to the long-term plan for something. That, That was how I went into it because there were times where we would stumble and I wouldn't really know which direction it was going to go in, well, right? Well, from right, sorry. So, <laughs> so <laughs> from wrong. So the um, not right. So when the uh, <laughs> when you started the when you from basically let's say you first had this idea, this the inkling of the yeah character and stuff to um, starting shooting. Yeah. How long was that period? So that was about uh, three years. Right. So basically. So it's um, like, it's like it's 21 in dog years. Exactly. That's a lot. No, I mean, I, it's like it was part of the, a lot of the time went into finding the right people to right. champion the movie to help put it on the right course. Because, but, but after all that time, didn't you realize that the champion was you <laughs> inside? Yeah, well, I didn't even know what I was going to contribute to this movie too. Like I, I there were different things, like there was a, there was just like, there were times where I was not quite sure what I was going to bring to the project personally, mm-hmm. like mean, what I could contribute to it. But you knew you were going to direct? No. Oh, you didn't think you were going to direct it? Not always. I mean, there was a time where I was like, oh, maybe it'd be fun to play this character. You were going to play him? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That'd been good too. <laughs> but, and then it was like, huh, what, what would it be like to find a director for this movie? What is that process like? And then we went to the drawing board and I we got to, see what that was like. Mm-hmm. But that felt like it was going to be the wrong way to go because it's not easy to find a director who's going to walk into a project where a lot of the pieces are already kind of there because they want to help shape their own story creatively. Sure, No one wants to walk in and be told, like, here's your actor and, like, this is the script and, like, this is where we're going to shoot it, right? right. Sorry, I'll stop saying right. I'll just keep saying I just right. want you to nod. Okay. But basically, the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, but I, I just, I didn't know exactly because it's my first go at it. I think a lot of this process is like, so is discovering what you want out of something. Right. You know? I, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think that you're very lucky. I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, it's hard to get a movie made. And mm-hmm. um, it's a, you know, I think there are certain businesses and certain things where the, it really is a catch-22 situation, and movies is kind of one of them where you, they say, well, you, you, we'd like you to make this thing. We'd like you to make them, yeah, you could make them, but we got to see 
another movie. You, you have, what have you yeah. done? What's your experience? Well, I don't have any. Well, the only that, way I can get it is that he, yeah. so you have, you have to. But it really is a thing where as you're which came up. I mean, that <clears> came up a lot right. during this process. I mean, you meet people who sh- who don't connect with it. Yeah, like we sent the script out to people and they they'd passed on it. They didn't get it. The producers didn't want to be a part of it or they, you know what I mean? Like you get, but for me, all I really wanted was feedback because I just wanted to know why people might not connect with something too. Right. Cause I want, I really, I mean, it goes back to wanting to learn through the experience of it. Yeah. But like, it wasn't, it wasn't just like a breeze as far as like, we want to make this movie. Great. Here it is. Right. Like it, I mean, it's good to at least paint the picture of we, it wasn't until we started to figure out how to lower the budget and make it for a lot less money that right. we could do it. Let me say one thing is that yeah. it's a, it's you you know it was a s- relatively small budget compared to movies um and it was but it was a lot of stuff to do in a small amount of time. You know, it's a very big Movie in a lot of ways. I mean, it just in terms of it has lots of locations, yeah, lots of actors, lots of um, music. Typically, I feel like some of the smaller budget movies, or the term micro budget, I guess sometimes gets used. But a lot of those are just you know location dependent. They take place yeah. in one place and stuff, or a few yeah. places. But this is like more like a, it doesn't think in those terms, which is really I think what's really a when you watch the movie, that was something I was really struck by was knowing the budget and knowing the short amount of time that you had, just thinking that you certainly got a lot done. And that was part of the learning too, because I think we didn't know, you know, what the script, what it would be like to shoot a movie in 18 days Mm -hmm. or like, what does this script look like in 18 days? We didn't, but that's part, I think that was part of the fun of this whole process was not going into it you know, it's the whole, the more you learn, the less you know, sane. Like, I just don't think that, I don't ever want to approach something from like, I have, I know, oh, I, I know the answers to this. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be open-minded every step of the way. And I think maybe- It's good to have that philosophy, especially if you don't know the answers. Well, and I think that like the, like I didn't know 18 days wasn't a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And I didn't even think about it while we were shooting the movie. I just felt like, how are we going to tell this story and where are we going to shoot it? Mm-hmm. And what, who's going to, you know, right. like, and I think that it's really just wanting to, whatever it's going to take to make something happen, we're just going to do it. Right. And I, I know that when people, when other people got involved who had made other features, who had done them at a sort of micro budget, ultra low budget level, mm-hmm. they expressed that this was going to be a more challenging script with all these locations and characters. Because like you said, like a lot of the, of those movies, that budget more applies to more contained, fewer character film. Mm-hmm. And, but my goal all along, I was like, well, how do we, can we still do this? I mean, why don't we just try? Why don't we just do it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was, and that was so fun. I feel like at the end of the day, I can't imagine, I mean, even if we had a couple more days, I still, I just feel happy that, we were able to make this movie yeah. at the end of the day. And that yeah. was really, the, the the drive for me in the beginning was just like, let's go make this movie. Did you find that the actors had different ways they liked to work? And was that managing the different creative yeah. styles? Yeah. My feeling was, I just want everyone to feel heard. And I want everyone, to, I want to try it 
different. I want to. I want them to feel like we're giving this idea a chance, instead of just kiboshing something and saying no, that's not really what we thought for this character. I'd rather everyone feel that we're gonna we're gonna give it a try. Mm-hmm. So we shot certain scenes multiple ways oh. to give each actor really a chance. So you mean you try? So did you let the actors do it in two different ways? Yeah. So going back to that, so Johnny would do it in a who, way. Who, who won? Who who was right? Well, we you don't just have to tell me. You can tell me off. Well, off it was, air. well, it was kind of everything. Because Which actor it, was better? <laughs> well, no one was right. No one was wrong. I think that like everything happens for a reason. So one way of doing it sparked a new idea of a reaction in another. And at uh-huh. the end of the day, we got something that we used that we were able to cut. Well, I will say that I think from acting myself that um, f- for the most part, I've worked with directors that. I trusted and felt that I would experiment or try different things. Um, and I think that's really a great way to work because you can really only do it if you trust the person because there are situations I know where actors will say, well, can I just try this one way and then we'll do it. And then it's, they, they don't trust the person. It, it didn't, they don't, it's They're not receptive or something? The, well, the director's really just letting them do it just to have a moment to do it, but it's not really going to be. Oh. <clears throat> a great example, there's a really good, but see, I, I don't feel that I've always had great great experiences, so until I have one where I feel like I've been joshed around, for the most part, my, you know, I, I just feel like I know the people, like I, I try as much as possible to get to know the director, and well, my just to quickly say one thing to your point specifically, is I think the actors felt they could probably do that because they noticed you were attentive to them. Mm. Um, I think if you hadn't established that established feeling. that feeling that you were like that you would hear them out and stuff, I think it would have been an extra feeling of mm. fear or anxiety for them. Like, oh gosh, you know, what are we doing? And I see it like they probably would have gone off by themselves and had those conversations, and it wouldn't have gone any- yeah. anywhere. So I think that the fact that you said, "I'm here for you." Um, that's really what an actor, I think, wants to hear is that the, you know that you're there. Um, but that's, can I tell you yeah, a quick story? Yeah. There was um, in Gene Wilder's book. He has a story where he says that when he and I and the whole point of the story, by the way, is how it relates to this, which I do, which I forgot. I forgot that one part of the story. So, but I'll tell you everything up to this one part, which is that he said that. Um, when he was offered the part of Willy Wonka, he had this idea of how he had one specific idea that he wanted to put in the movie, or else he would not do the movie. And so he met with the director, Mel Stewart. And Mel Stewart said, um, he said, Gene, what is the, I hear that you only do the movie if there's this one thing you want to do. What I mean, well, of course, I'll, you know, whatever you want to do, I'll let you, well, you do, but well, what is it? And he says, when Willy Wonka first comes out of the chocolate factory, do you know the story? Isn't this great? Will you add the help me with remember the part at the end if I don't have it right? But he says, he says, he says, I'll do the movie under this one condition. When Willy Wonka comes out of the chocolate factory, he should be limping with a cane. And then he should be walking. And at a certain point, his cane should get stuck between the two cobblestones. But he should keep walking mm-hmm. without the cane and then realize he doesn't have it anymore then do a somersault and stick it when he stands up. And then from that point on, 
never use the cane again or limp. Mm. And Mel Stewart said, wow, I mean, yes, yeah, a great, it's a great idea. Um, of course you can do that, but why, why is that such a big thing for you? He goes, because if Willy Wonka comes out limping with a cane and he never uses it again for the rest of the movie, from that point on, you'll never know whether or not he's telling the truth. Hmm. And so the story then goes that when they were shooting it on the day, he did it. But then at the end of the shooting, uh, at the end of doing a bunch of them, Mel Stewart said, can we do one without the cane? Mm-hmm. Just so we have it. And he conceded to do that. He said, oh, okay, we'll do it without the cane. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, he was very... Upset that he... I don't know what the word would be, but he regretted it. Hmm. Because he had... When did they shoot that scene in the whole... Was that at the end of the shoot? I don't know. I don't know. But what I took from the story is that he basically had... He had hinged a lot of the character on that moment. Hmm. And then so by... uh, If they didn't do the cane thing, in his mind, it didn't make sense the way he was doing the character. So he said it from that point on. I never... If I really had a strong idea, like I, I just, wouldn't, wouldn't allow, agree. like the, I'll just do one, because you can't ever tell. Um, and then tell me about just a can I sidestep to a whole yeah, 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 different thing? Yeah. How much did the music factor into the movie? Yeah. Well, the music because the character in Dreamland is a musician. The, I I knew that um, we were going to have piano, him playing piano on screen. So going into the movie, we had to figure out what type of music we'd be hearing him play on screen. So I um, I met with Elmo, mm-hmm. our piano Elmo teacher. Elmo Peeler. Elmo Peeler. Robert Nice piano teacher. And he's a great guy. He's great. And I would sit with Elmo. And if anybody wants a great piano teacher, get in Elmo. touch with Elmo Peeler. Um, and he, we got together and... We talked about. He read the script, and we talked about. Um, we talked about where we could go with this music, but I also made it clear that we didn't have like a budget to clear a bunch of like music. Mm-hmm. It had to be public domain music. Mm-hmm. But um, so he played a lot of different stuff, and then we basically, I so we selected music that he recommended, or we would talk through different ideas. He'd say, "What mm-hmm. about this Rachmaninoff piece? What about Scriabin?" There's a great Billy Strayhorn song called Lotus Blossom, but it's not public domain. And it was such a great song. It was like, we have to have this one song. Mm-hmm. We have to clear this. But, and then I, originally in the script, the song that she says, will you play me, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, mm-hmm. I take requests, mm-hmm. was Rhapsody in Blue. Mm-hmm. And that was like, again, us not knowing enough at the time we were writing it of like, oh, that's going to cost a zillion dollars to clear. Yeah, it's maybe right? like it the most like, famous song you could probably right. put in, it was in like, a movie with piano. Well, you, you were like, you know, you well, that's good. I mean, I feel like it's good to just go with what you want in yeah. the beginning and then work backwards, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like you try one thing and then if it doesn't work, you go so the other way. After that didn't work, you tried Hey Jude, but that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that was also kind of a dead end. <laughs> that was pretty expensive. <laughs> no, we, um, I Google, I started searching for public domain music and found Meet Me Tonight in Dreamland. And I thought that the song, well, the name was so great and would like was relevant to the story. And then the song was like so perfect because it felt like an old Hollywood, like it felt like old LA mm-hmm. song. And um, and then Elmo uh, learned the song and then we worked out like five different versions of it, a fast one, a slow one, a romantic one. Mm. And then he sent me all the files MIDI. 
He emailed me MIDI files that he recorded at home. And then I hooked it up. Is that unusual? Yeah, because... That's well, meaning like... Like he sent me da- like information files. They're not audio. You know what I mean? Wow. So I played it. Then I hooked it up so how do with do- my phone through my player piano. What? You have yeah. a player piano? Yeah. Which one? I turned the Yamaha Grand Piano into a player piano. I installed a MIDI playback system in it. You did? Yeah. So you, Is that you, the one, the newer Yamaha one? No, it's the old one. The one from our house? Yep. Wow. So I removed the old MIDI one. a MIDI thing in there? Yeah. So you could just play a MIDI thing and it'll play it right there? Yeah. Oh you can God. use it as a MIDI controller. No shit. So basically, I just plugged in my iPhone. I downloaded this app, downloaded all Elmo's data, the MIDI files, plugged my phone into it. We, dre- we, 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 moved, we had a piano mover come and move the piano to a bar down the street. How does your phone plug into… Through the little what's the like USB, the micro USB like input. So what I did was Elmo sent me the files and we moved the piano down to the bar. And then Johnny followed the, his hands over the player piano key movements. No and then every now and then we got lucky because it looked convincing that he had played that one part. But he watched it a few times mm-hmm. and then would learn it. That's yeah. really cool. You know Dan Deacon? Yeah, yeah. He has a song called um, Build Voice. But he took a MIDI, he had a piano with MIDI, and he just did tons of parts on it mm. for the song, all playing at one time. So it was like this piano that was kind of like impossible. You couldn't play yeah. it with real hands. Mm-hmm. So it's like going throughout the songs, like these like, and it's really a. Mm. And I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to be able to do that. And lo and behold, my own brother has these powers. What else do you want to talk about? Well, let's talk about… We could talk about what… We could also talk about… We could talk about what you want to do next. What the release has been, like releasing a movie has been like for you. Um, uh, Well, let's talk about work. Let me throw stuff at you now. Why don't we flip it? Can we flip this? Okay. Because you're asking me all the questions. I know. Well, let me ask you a question. So I felt like, you know. Oh boy. <laughs> no. Well, Here we growing go. no, but uh, the oh fact boy. that we, the fact that we have like such a long history together as brothers plays into the making. You know, there's mm-hmm. that's connected to this, right? That's mm-hmm. not just like an everyday no. occurrence. No. So like, you know, when we grew up, mm-hmm. you you were always very. You always told a lot of jokes, mm-hmm. right? Um, from my from my memories, right. you you definitely were very comfortable to like yeah. to 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 share your your ideas yeah. and jokes and make people laugh and entertain and have a great time with people, right? Around the table. Well, I like that. That's the memory of it. That you, so yeah. But around the, the table, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil the memory. I mean, yeah, they weren't always they weren't very funny. I thought it was fun. Well, well there you go. Let's I just, just leave it at that. Keep but going. it was. But I just I just Move remember on. there's. I know being around you that you make people laugh and you make and I think the and because you make people laugh, it probably must be a great feeling to to like make to bring joy and and humor to people. I think that's such a great feeling, right? Well, I think that. Everybody makes people laugh, so I think everyone can would say yeah. yes, right? Well, maybe. <laughs> I'm but I think that like working on this when you when I gave you the script, you're like, do you really think like do you really want me to do this mm-hmm. like, role? Do you really think I could do this kind of guy? Like mm-hmm. I don't know if like I've, I'm not really like this kind of guy. I don't mm-hmm. really know like what it means to be like I don't know like liquidity and all these like what you might want this guy to say. I might not be mm-hmm. someone to like pull this out. Mm-hmm. And then I said to you, well, I think that's actually good mm-hmm. for this role 
because this kind of guy doesn't really know what he's talking about. Yeah, that was a big, right? that was fun. Yeah. So like for you, well, just can I say one play thing? A role, yeah. I play a, a banker and I'm not as good with the, with the money and stuff as Robert is in real life. Like Robert really knows a lot about taxes, <laughs> leases, <laughs> like how long, you know, is it a 30 year <laughs> fixed? Like these terms that I just, I know them, but they're not like, Robert really understands them. And so we started talking about, I was like, so, because I was going through the dialogues things, what does this mean? Like when I'm asking him, like, what is it? He's like, that's like this. That's when you ask for money. And then we'd like pause it and I'd be like, wait, so, oh, so they can like take the money. Like it became like kind of a real lesson for me just in terms of my own finances. Um, but, uh, you know, there's always like a fine line with something like a character who is like that because you just, like I did, you want don't want to make fun of him because then it's just like one dimension. So I have to, but also he's kind of ridiculous, and that's also part of why it's a th- you know why he's in the movie. Um, and you said no, he's supposed to be like comedic relief, and so that was fun because it was just he could just come in throughout the movie with this kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, like a character like that is sometimes fun and but also hard to play because you only see him in one location. Mm. So you don't know anything about his life. So it's fun to do that because he could just like, he just is there mm. with whatever yeah. energy you want him to have. When Johnny's with you in those scenes, he's watching, you're, you're, you're dominating. You're, you're the alpha in that room and he's really just watching mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of like, how do we balance? We really like looked everywhere for a reaction of Johnny looking at you, yeah. trying to get him to react to you. Yeah. Because we had so much of you. To me, I'll say one thing is like the, I felt great when I got in there because, and, I, and I'm not just saying this because we're on a show and I'm not just saying this because you're my brother, but I felt safe immediately. I was like, he'll, I'm in good hands because you knew the character and I think you've been shooting the movie for so long. You sort of knew what was too much and not too much. Mm. And that was a good feeling because, you know, certainly when people have been shooting a movie together, they're all locked into a, Mm. work mode and they're in like they're talking the same language and just to come in at the end yeah it's a scary type of thing and so it was nice because I could tell sort of from what I was getting from you guys just what you needed Mm -hmm. and it's easier to fill in a space that's kind of predefined for me personally than to just do you know what I mean like I don't like to just like you know I like to have kind of the limitations right so that was really nice um I think that but the, it was fun to work. Yeah, Robert was good with that stuff because sometimes he's like, "That's too much. That's ridiculous." We have so much good stuff. Like, I wish we could have a whole. We, I mean, we'll make a reel because it's so good. Yeah. But I think that the you just sent it to me. Well, going back to like, but <laughs> going going back to growing up together, like, I just I love that side. I love getting to see you play around in that way. Like, it was so satisfying to watch you let loose and really embrace this, like how big and colorful and crazy this guy was. Because it was just so much good stuff. It was like, it's so fun to watch this character. And like, really, when we, I've watched this movie with every audience, mm-hmm. pretty much, that mm-hmm. we've shown it at. And it's so cool as you get, when you get a reaction from an audience consistently, mm-hmm. whether you're in China or, or America like, mm-hmm. or anywhere, it's like, it's such a great feeling to know that we, like, we shape something a certain way and yeah. it's getting a reaction. That's fascinating. Always. But that scene is like, it's so, when you pull the kind bar out of the FedEx, it's like so many things. That's a real thing that happened. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's a real thing. 
Yeah. Um, you were in a meeting. Well, actually, what happened was this. Was that, um, no, it's two things. One is that I was in a movie years ago, and I play an agent in it. And for my audition, I brought a power bar in a FedEx package, mm -hmm. and I opened it and I took it out. And that's because someone I knew, I forget who, said that they were in a meeting once with an agent, and they got a FedEx package and they opened it and it was a power bar. Like someone had FedExed them a protein bar. So crazy. And um, like a specific one that the guy liked, which to me speaks volumes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and also speaks protein. <laughs> but um, I, uh, so I always thought that was funny. So in this audition for that movie years yeah. ago, I did that in the audition. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't in the movie because the director was like, oh, it seems unbelievable. Yeah. And I was like, it actually happened, but yeah. Anyway, so then when it was time to do this one, I just thought, yeah, this is a good spot to do that. Right. Um, so I'm glad that. Or you said, what if I sit on the desk, cross, you know, if I put my legs up here, and I have the meeting like this? There was a story you told me about, like yeah. an A and R guy that did that. Yeah. You know, like how yeah, we had a meeting with a guy, and he was wearing pajamas, <laughs> sitting cross-legged in a chair the whole meeting. And I was like, oh my gosh! But just wild. like all these like collecting, yeah, it's pretty relaxed. But collecting these real moments of truth, because there are a lot in this, in dreamland, there are moments, these are real moments of like, they're, they seem exaggerated and so far out and like not rooted in reality, but mm -hmm. they're from, they're plucked from real stories mm -hmm. and moments. That's what's so interesting because in reality, there are moments that don't feel real and like they're really happening. Is this really happening right now? Yeah, I know. But so anyway, what are I- you, Are you, uh, can we, uh, let's, I'm gonna ask one last question. Yeah. Because- are you planning another movie? Yeah. Um, Don't say what it is, but what yeah, you, I won't what, say what it is. What? Well, I'd like to make another movie in the new year. Mm -hmm. Do you so, have an idea for something? Yeah, I feel like yeah, there's something I really want to pursue, and I'm trying to figure out. It's different than this movie tonally, mm -hmm. and the way we shoot it is different too. Because I I really like to to try something to see what I I really like the idea of playing around with it as a different style. Mm -hmm. And seeing what that feels like to make that kind of movie. Yeah, I'm gonna go on the road again in the new. Year. I'm still touring to promote Washed Away. Mm -hmm. And um, but and Dreamland just came out, so yeah. like the story right now is like it's all about. <laughs> it's like, pretty exciting. I'm, I'm happy you made them. I mean, it's very people work their whole lives to try to make a movie, and it's hard to do. It's hard. And by the way, I just should say it's not like you busted your butt to try to make this movie happen. It was pretty amazing. Thanks. So congratulations. Thank you. Go see Dreamland. Dreamland. Support movies and support your family. Um, okay, I don't want to. I don't want to take up any more time. No, thanks for having us. But we should do a part two because I could yeah. ask so many more questions. Yeah, we could. I, I, got, I got landlocked early on, but I, I want to ask so much. All right, goodbye. That's it. We do it again. Yeah. Okay. Bye. This is Nick Dawson from TalkHouse Film, and you've been listening to Jason Schwartzman and Robert Schwartzman on the TalkHouse Film Podcast. This episode was engineered by Susan Vallett and edited by Mark Yoshizumi. The TalkHouse Podcast producer is Elia Einhorn. For more filmmakers talking film and TV, visit thetalkhouse.com slash film. Subscribe to TalkHouse Film and TalkHouse Music Podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher, where you can find all our previous episodes. And while you're there, please rate and review if you can.
Okay, ready? Check. Start over. Check. Again? <laughs> yeah. 